Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, the conflict in the Middle East, in Israel, in Gaza, there are missiles, there are airstrikes, there are a lot of people who have died, a lot of injured people, and it's being played in the U.S. differently than it's being played around the world, and it's being received differently here than it's being received in other parts of the world. But I've been especially curious what the coverage of this looks like for people who are in Israel. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by Ruth Margulit, who is in Tel Aviv. Ruth has written for CJR in the past, including a terrific uh, piece about um, media and Benjamin Netanyahu. She's been on the staff of The New Yorker, continues to write for The New Yorker, The New Yorker Review of Books. Welcome, Ruth. Hi, Kai. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, First off, we're recording this on Thursday night, your time, in Tel Aviv. Earlier this week on Twitter, you were writing about what it felt like to be living in a place where you were hearing um, air raid sirens and where you were huddled for safety. What is the situation right now for you? Um, I think it's sort of similar. It's quiet right now. Um, My kids are asleep, both of them. But um, we are expecting that there may be nighttime sirens coming sometime soon, or at least that's what the rumors say. I don't know. Um, and and that's, what hap- that's what's been happening in the past two nights. Uh, we've had these nighttime air raid sirens and had to sort of dash outside and kind of huddle in the stairwell with the children and um, just wait for basically the Iron Dome missile defense system to... Um, to, to start working and we would hear these interceptions and, and booms um, and it felt very, you know, for the kids it was very scary and for us it's just a, an ordeal but you also think about, you know, other parts of the country that are closer to, you know, to where the rockets are being fired and also, of course, in Gaza where they have no interceptors and, and often no places to, you know, to seek cover so it just, it kind of throws everything into proportion. Um but yeah, but it's 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 not it's not great. <laughs> let's just say. So, did you grow up in Tel Aviv? I grew up in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, and then you came to the U.S. Um, and um, you went yeah. to college here. I I grew up in Jerusalem. I moved. Um, I spent my twenties in Tel Aviv, or most of my twenties in Tel Aviv. Um, university. Um, you know, I got my first start in journalism in in Tel Aviv, working for Haaretz and. Um, and then I moved to to New York um, in 2010 and lived there for a decade and and basically moved back in 2019. So so two years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know you've you know you've grown up with with this conflict in the sort of background of your life um, or in the foreground of your life. How, how does this rank for you in terms of just the the feeling of it, living through it in the moment? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I um I was talking to my sister and we were saying how you know, when we were when we were children in Jerusalem, there was the first Gulf War in 1991 and there was this idea that, you know, oh, we we're sort of safe in Jerusalem as 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 crazy as that sounds, but that rockets would never strike Jerusalem because it's so holy, you know, to it's it's the mm-hmm. holiest places, the holiest place for all three religions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so there was this notion and we, and we sort of felt safe even as we were sort of seeking cover and, you know, gas masks and all of that. And then, to, and 
this round of escalations really started in Jerusalem. Um, and of course, it started, well, there were all different kind of diffuse um, reasons for, for why it started. And it's kind of hard to pinpoint just one. Um, but but it started with rockets flying at you know on Jerusalem and suddenly and suddenly it felt very different you know there was this sense that w- what we've known up until now the rationale has changed and so and 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 funnily enough though or ironically it's even though everything started in Jerusalem this round of escalation there were these protests in east Jerusalem and you know the threat of imminent expulsion of these six arab families living in Sheikh Jarrah and then there were you know these protests and these marches in this in the, you know in the old city and police rounds of of live ammunition going into the Al-Aqsa mosque and and things started flaring up and then the rockets of course but now strangely enough Jerusalem is sort of quiet and things are shifting locations and so Tel Aviv is now under attack um but all these disparate cities as well and of course i think the saddest thing to come out of this um this recent round is just to see the 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 state of the mixed cities here in israel mm-hmm. um you know the the sort of jewish and arab cities mm-hmm. um kind of unravel really and 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 deteriorate to a st- to a state of of anarchy mm-hmm. yeah uh, and some of these have basically been you know the government has called a state of emergency in these in these cities because of violence in the streets uh, between the two two communities and people getting beat up and pulled out of cars and um and in fact, that was a, I was going to ask you about that. Um, have you had a chance to, since this all started, or have you been interested in, in getting out and, and walking around um, Tel Aviv much? Yeah, yeah. Um, as much as I can, you know, now my, you know, obviously my, my children are home um, and, and sort of life is kind of appended, but but I, I am out and, and, you know, and going to Yafo, which kind of borders Tel Aviv, you know, it's the southern enclave and southern neighborhood of Tel Aviv. And that's a sort of more, um, more mixed area where, you know, mixed, I used mixed sort of in, in quotes, you know, kind of both, both Jewish and Arab. And that is, is starting to feel tense, but I intend to do more reporting outside. Um, and I actually have, you know, I'm going to, to um, a few of those cities just to see kind of the aftermath now. Um, but it, it, in a way, it feels too late, you know. Um, yeah. and, and also, it's oftentimes it doesn't come from within the city, but now there are all these um, these groups coming from other parts of the country and kind of mobilizing to these cities as, as places of, you know, where they know that, that things will, are going to happen. So um, it's also, it feels a bit, you know, like um, these infiltrators coming from outside into these cities and, and kind of wreaking havoc. Is that the situation in in Lud? Yes, yes, very much so. There, you know, there are all these um, screenshots now being passed around of, of these um, kind of really. There's there's no re- no other description, but but you know, kind of Jewish supremacist groups going around saying, you know, let's let's go to Lod and 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 kind of you know saying where they would meet and what they would be wearing and kind of how to disguise themselves and, you know, who, who they're looking for. Um, and of course it also happens on, you know, the, on, on the other side as well, you know, it started with um, Palestinian kind of, um, you know, looting all these, um, you know, just basically dis- destroying these um, synagogues and, 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 you know, hitting and really, really um, sad cases of violence against Jews. Um, then it, 
sort of the, the scenario changed and it became, you know, kind of Jews against Palestinians. And, and now it's just these, um, these settler groups, these far right um, Jewish groups kind of uh, making all these arrangements to go into law and basically just, yeah, wreaking havoc. How do you consume news at a time like this? I mean, do you find yourself glued to the television and social media or do you find yourself, you know, trying to kind of put some distance around it? Totally glued, I'm afraid. Um, It's just, it's become, you know, the the television here, it didn't used to be a kind of 24-hour news cycle, um, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, the way it is in the States, but but it is now, and especially when something like this is going on, it's just, it's constant. Um, And you know, not a lot of it is useful or kind of useful for thinking about. Um, and, but, but, you know, but, but it's hard to turn away and it's hard to turn off the TV. What's changed now, I think, is um, the, you know, the proliferation of, of, of social media. And so you have these, you can, you know, part of, of this round of violence also started, um, one of the flashpoints was these um, TikTok videos that have been uploaded um, that kind of then galvanized these, these really far right groups within Israel to 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 start marching and protesting, um, these very kind of disparate um, TikTok videos that were uploaded, and so and, and apart from that, there are these um, actual sort of lynchings that that we've seen occur in Batyam um, and also in in Akko. It's so two two other mixed cities. Um, and, and these started, I mean, they were sort of streamed live. I was watching TV and suddenly we saw this, you know, really shocking footage just being screened live on TV and, and the reporters didn't really know what was happening or what was, you know, where this was coming from. But, but all of this is, is rather new. Um, I will say in 2014, during the last, um, what's known in Israel as the last Gaza offensive, um, this was the first time you really saw um, you saw kind of the social media rearing its head, and what happened then was the real sort of fraying apart of the of the um, omnipresent military censor in Israel. Up until that point, um, you know everything, all the news trickling, you know, sort of within Israel, but also foreign new from foreign news outlets, they all had to pass through military censor. Um, and suddenly, because of social media and because of these other, you know, kind of the sort of just internet journalism and, and all of that, that really, you know, the military censor has, has kind of lost its place. And, um, and and I think in Israel, you know, the Israeli army, but the Israeli government, certainly they're still sort of grappling with that. You know, how do you... How do you sort of control the narrative and also, you know, keep certain stories from from being aired? Um, and and the truth is now they really can't. You know, it's just um, things have changed. Mm. You know, a couple of years ago, you wrote a piece uh, for CJR called "A Ruinous Obsession," which was about um, Netanyahu's obsession with the press and how he had sort of come to dominate. The, the media conversation and even some of the ownership structures of of the press um, in Israel. You know, I know that there's been a lot of commentary there as well as here about what the political effects of this may be for him. Um, and I'm just curious how much 
I mean, I, and I'm, this is through the prism of just having lived through Trump in the U.S. for four years. Hmm. Um, how much of the the coverage of what's going on is is centered around him? Um, it it very much is, um, and I think Israelis are the first to sort of start with the analysis. So even as this escalation is taking place. There are just constant takes on, you know, is Netanyahu up or down? Or what does it do to his chances of survival? Um, and and in fact, you know, he seemed, you know, he, he lost his mandate to form a government. You know, it seemed like finally now things were things might begin to change. And and actually tonight, just now, um, there there were these these reports, these breaking news reports that um, apparently Naftali Bennett, the head of the, you know, what's um, kind of billing itself up as the change change coalition, you know, the kind of anti-Netanyahu coalition, he kind of dropped out of, of, of these talks to form an alternative government and, and may actually go back to um, forming a government with Netanyahu because mm-hmm. of this recent round. So it's just constant, you know, what is this doing to Netanyahu? Um, will he, won't he, and, and, you know, what are his chances? Um, and I think, you know, for him, it is a story of, of personal, personal survival. Um, and, and, you know, which brings us back to the media because, you know, kind of ironically enough, you know, the, the chances for his downfall could very well have been, um, and, and could very well still be, um, related to, to his, his obsession, really his obsession with the media, and, and, you know, the most damning of his cases in, in, in these prosecution trials, um, the most damning of them has to do with him kind of allegedly seeking um, positive, you know, favorable coverage from an, a leading um, news website called Walla in exchange for um, giving the Walla, giving Walla owners um, favorable um, regulatory ben- benefits. So, so it all kind of ties back. Mm. So you mentioned at the outset that you, um, you know, your your children are asleep. How old are they? They are four and a half and two and a half. Okay. How do you how do you balance or how do you think about your role as a journalist right now in terms of your do you do you feel an obligation to go out and report this and 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 cover this or are you just thinking like I'm in the middle I'm living through this I just need to hunker down and get through it and then worry about it on the other side like how and it, it's a common like conundrum for journalists in conflict zones how do you think about it right i i think i'm i'm very lucky in that i don't have a news beat that i have to you know i don't have to file these stories you know every every couple of days or so i'm not a, i'm not in a newspaper so i i have the luxury of kind of taking some time to think about this and i i actually you know i i sort of decided early on that i'm not going to do um a kind of hot take um and and write something immediately but that i i wanted to just sit on it for a few days and and luckily enough i'm able to and and write something that feels sort of resonant and 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 you know that 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 i can somehow hopefully contribute so i'm still planning on doing that and that's what i'm working on now um but because you know because i write for mostly kind of more magazine type pieces and places um, I, I'm able to do that, and so that's so I'm, I'm 
I'm a kind of slow uh, absorber of things. And then I like to, to let things percolate for just a little bit if I can um, and see and see what sort of sticks. Um, but I have friends who are, you know, on the beat and, you know, with children and w- with all of that, they, they're, they're out and reporting and, and it's just, I'm, you know, um, it's, it's constant. Well, that piece that you're mentioning, that will be for the New Yorker online? Yes. Have you had much chance to read the uh, U.S. press and its coverage of what's going on? I have, yeah. You know, th- there's been a lot of debate and commentary here about the language and the sort of like the, the sort of objectivity question, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, how do you, which, what do you focus on and how do you make sure that you don't legitimize one side versus the other have you read those have you read those fights and what do you make of that debate here yeah it's something I I think about constantly um because again you know because I'm I'm able to write for more kind of magazine publications I think there's an assumption that as a writer you're bringing more of your own biography and who you are into them um, and I, for me, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good thing because I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm Israeli, I'm, I'm Jewish, I, um, I served in the army. I'm also, if you read my pieces and, and you know, and, and, and when I come into a piece, I do have, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm liberal, I'm left-leaning, I, you know, I have, I have a whole worldview that I sort of bring with me and that I, I always try to also put aside and you know not not have these biases but but of course it, it affects you know who I am and and, and how I approach pieces and, and I don't try to um I, do, I don't try to pretend otherwise I think you know for some of these newspaper reporters that's that's a much trickier thing because then there's a there's real I think readers expect a real um, neutrality or objectivity and of course that's really just an impossible standard and I think you know, a much better one is always, um, you know, to strive for accuracy and to strive to be, um, to be correct rather than to be objective, because that's just, that's just impossible. Um, But I know I've been following, you know, some some of this has to do with vocabulary. And and that's something I I kind of catch myself as well. I, I think I myself may have, you know, I, I I don't think I've written this, but I could I can see how a reporter writes about the East Jerusalem, um, evic, you know, calling them evictions of of these Palestinian families, and now you know, and then people sort of gone, you know, um, rightly said that that maybe eviction is not the right word because it implies a landlord tenant relationship, and that maybe expulsion is the better word. And so I'm I'm you know I'm kind of um learning this as well and 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 I think these are important conversations to have but I also think you know newspaper reporters the fact that they're on the ground covering this is so important and sometimes we get kind of bogged down in the language or you know a sentence that that sounds kind of tricky or not you know 100% you know fair to all sides where what gets lost is the fact that the reporter is there reporting on the on this story um and and you know and change happens slowly and 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 that's that's how we all learn Ruth thank you so much for taking the time Thank you Kyle I wish you and your family safety and good luck to you Oh thank you so much
You can follow CJR's ongoing coverage at CJR.org and through our daily email newsletter, The Media Today. Thanks for listening. See you next week.